Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Kevin Feige or somebody over at Marvel must have heard me complaining and moaning and bitching and whining all week long about episode three because episode four was everything that I needed it to be. Everything. You know, I thought episode three just, you know, moved a little too slow for my liking. I get it. We needed to do some character development. We needed to give a little backstory. You know, we needed to this. Uh, know explore this little whatever love or i don't know what it is between sylvia and loki but we had to apparently you know explore it i i'm just a happy camper i am a happy lamb i am very happy with episode four it gave me everything i've needed it to give me and i have watched it three times now yes don't judge Okay, I do this for y'all. You know what? Let me just stop rambling because I could ramble on about this episode forever, which actually I'm about to do. It's your weekly bonus episode of me and you, the Housewives and Marvel 2, and let's talk episode four of Loki, the Nexus event. Hey guys. This is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick. 
host of the Me and You, the Housewives, and Marvel 2 podcast. A podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! If you remember last week, I told y'all that my best friend said he's probably going to wait until all six episodes are out before he binges Loki. I text him this morning after I watched. I'm in a little group chat, me, him, and one of our other really, really, really good friends. And I said, oh, no, bitch. Oh, no, bitch. Go ahead and listen to this. You know, watch the episode right now. Get into it. It was hands down the best episode of the season. They, you know, they've hyped us up, Tom Hiddleston, uh, I, I always forget the actress's name, something deep, I don't know, let me not butcher the later name, but the one that plays Sylvie, a lot of different people on the show have told us, and I think even Kevin Feige, they told us that episodes four and five are where shit really get real, and shit really got real on episode four. It did what I needed it to do. It did what I needed it to do. Last week's episode, y'all know, I did a whole podcast, 40-something minutes long it ended up being. I was not impressed. That episode dragged by, like, ridiculously to me. It was, you know, it, it felt like a filler episode. It made me finally realize that the show felt like a slow burn. And when something is only six episodes, I'm not sure you can do a slow burn that is still slowly burning into the fourth episode. Because episode three, I was like, well, goddamn. But with that being said, they have picked this shit up. They have picked it up. Everything about this episode from start to finish, love, 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 love. You know what? I'm actually going to go ahead, before I get into my little spiel about the episode, I'm going to throw it over to Anu and just kind of give you some overall, you know, I got a couple of like gut reactions, you know, instant emotions about the episode. So I'm going to throw it over to Anu to give you her reaction about the episode. Hi, Kendrick. Um, This is Anu. I don't have a podcast. I just love your account. Um, I just watched the last episode of Loki and I just have to say, my brain was blown. And then I watched the post credit scene, and my brain was blown even more because now I don't even know what to do with myself. My brain can't process any of it. Thanks, and I love your podcast. Thank you, Anu. I appreciate it. Listen, did I don't know what I'm going to do next week because if you remember, I, I think I've said this a few times now, next week, Not only is it episode five of Loki where like stuff is going to really, really, really get real and hopefully we get yet another post credit scene. I love a good post credit scene. Um, we also get black widow in theaters and keep in mind, that's not the finale of Loki. We still have an episode after that. 
I'm thinking in my heart of heart, my mind of minds, my soul of souls, bitch, I'm not on Vormir, so I don't need the soul stone. I'm talking about my soul, my soul, not soul food. I'm not talking about neck bones and oxtails, macaroni and cheese, green beans. I'm not talking about none of that. In my heart of hearts, I just have a feeling, just what I know about Marvel, that episode and that movie have to connect in some way. I don't know how. I can't possibly think of how. But remember, when they dropped this Loki trailer, we were all thinking that Black Widow was making an appearance because of how they had Sylvie sitting on that log in that, uh, you know, that leather suit looking like Black Widow, looking like traditional Natasha Romanoff. You know, it was what we thought it would be. Oh, we, we got to the episode. It damn sure was not because <laughs> we got that episode. You know, we got that scene in this episode. But I just felt like it was a little bit of weird foreshadowing, maybe. I don't know. Remember, Black Widow was supposed to be the first movie that we got, I think, in 2020. Yeah, right. You know, that's when, you know, shit got a little real. I think we were all, like, holding out hope that, you know, oh, it's May. People will be back at the movies. No. Baby, we was doing everything. But, but uh, listen, <laughs> I just got a feeling. I don't know. I'm hoping they connect in some way. See, we've gotten Falcon and the Winter Soldier so far, and we've also gotten uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus's character, uh, Contessa, De La, you child, y'all know who, uh, De La Fontaine. We've gotten her Allegra de Fontaine. You that long-ass name. Y'all know who I'm talking about, Contessa Allegra de La Fontaine, not to be confused with Contessa from Married to Medicine. Who, she was actually supposed to first appear in Black Widow. And so I'm thinking now maybe maybe they've done some additional shooting that no one knows about. I don't know. I'm just I'm curious to see if this ties in any way. I'm gonna go okay, so here are my plans. Listen up, listen good, okay? On Thursday night, I'm thinking it'll be in the movies here. I'm thinking I can go and slip and see it at IMAX. I'm going to go treat myself to Denter. By myself, I don't want it. Look, I don't want nobody going with me. I don't want no questions, none of that. I don't want anybody going with me. I'm going by myself. I'm going to dinner. I'm going to buy one of them high ass IMAX tickets. And then, even when I get in there, I'm going to leave a little room because I'm going to want a large cherry Coke. No ice. Don't give me no damn ice. I think I might, I might be in a mood for a butter popcorn. You know, a little extra butter. You know, might get uh, some bunch of crunch. You know, all that. And I'm going to see Black Widow. I'm going to see it early. No, I'm going to see it, you know, before it hits Disney Plus on, uh, what's that shit called? Uh, the, you know, the premium, I don't know, child, the, the Polar Bear Express. It's called, you know, whatever the little... thing is where you can buy the movie that won't be available till Friday I'm going to see the movie Thursday then I'm going to buy it as soon as it comes out I know I'm going to love it I don't care I buy all Marvel movies anyway I'm going to buy it and then I'll you know use that to probably you'll probably get three episodes from me next week you'll get the reality TV episode you'll get the 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 low key episode after episode 5 and then you'll get maybe maybe a bonus episode from me Saturday or Sunday I don't know I'm gonna figure it out I'm gonna work it out but oh lord I'm a listen I'm stressed I don't know why but I'm stressed but in the best possible way you know what let me shut the hell up and let me get into this episode because this episode was too good not to talk about 
the episode starts off with some backstory of what we later find out is a young Sylvie on Asgard playing around and then Judge Renslayer, who was a hunter at the time, you know, I like how it's like a, you know, a real court system where the lawyers, you know, sometimes go on to be judges or whatever. Uh, Renslayer orders the Minuteman to take her because, quote unquote, she's the variant who has committed crimes against the sacred timeline. We've heard that before, many times before. They get her, reset the timeline, and head back to the TVA. I want to point out that it kind of seems like we get a little character development in a way. Because it seems like, you know, we see Sylvie literally empathizing with a man who's having a struggle with the Minuteman. You know, he's like, he gets put on his knees, uh, hands behind his back, everything. And she screams, help him, help him. A far cry from the Sylvie that we know now. She goes through the TVA motions and makes it in before the judge, but she actually escapes. She even takes Judge or Hunter Renslayer's Tempad, opens a time door, and leaves. Leads us to seeing, you know, Ravana Renslayer in front of the golden elevators, going to talk to the three timekeepers. And this is our first time, our first time laying eyes on the timekeepers. And yes, they are comic accurate. After the opening credits, we see Mobius waiting to see Renslayer after her meeting with the timekeepers, and she's like shaken to say the least. She explains everything to Mobius, and he starts insisting to see, you know, Hunter C20. The Hunter who, if you don't remember, was kidnapped by Sylvie in episode two because she kept yelling, It's real! It's real! It's real! Renslayer reveals that Hunter C20 is dead <gasps> goodness gracious she tells her the story of sylvie enchanted her scrambled her mind and by the time she made it back to the tva she was gone unrecognizable she instructs mobius to find the loki variants because every single passing moment leads to more trouble back to lamentous one a defeated sylvie starts reminiscing on her life in asgard and how little she remembers of it then she tells him about a scene we saw, you know, at the opening where the TVA basically came in what I'm going to call kidnapped her because we still don't know what the hell her nexus event was. She basically recaps her life up until this point and how she started living in apocalypses. Back at the TVA, Mobius and my girl, B-15, a.k.a. Ruby, from, uh, what's it, my old child, what's my damn show called? Lovecraft Country. Y'all know I love me some Ruby. Uh, Mobius and B-15, they're doing everything in their power to actually find them. It's important to note that B-15 asks for an update on C-20, but Mobius says he doesn't have one. You better tell that damn lady that they killed her friend. Y'all should see that everybody in the TVA is a crooked motherfucker. I'm going to tell y'all right now. They're able to lock onto their temporal aura, you know, while they're over there wondering if they're losers and all that kind of shit. But both Mobius and B-15 have never seen the line diverge like that, so they know it's them. Like, they immediately just kind of figure out, okay, that's them, let's hurry up and act now before, you know, the actual apocalypse happens. Because keep in mind, they know that they're hiding in an apocalypse somewhere. The time doors open on Lamentus 1, and our anti-hero duo is, quote-unquote, rescued. 
I'm not sure if that's the right word, <laughs> but they're rescued from, you know, death, but, you know, kind of rescued by the people that might be their imminent death. They're taken to different quote unquote cells or rooms or whatever you want to call them. She's escorted, by the way, by way more security than he is. <laughs> and Mobius is about to throw Loki into like this red time door. Traditionally, we've only seen them as golden. Loki says, wait. And he tells him that the TVA has been lying to him. Mobius, of course, doesn't believe him and he throws him in anyway. Because keep in mind, Loki, not Loki, Mobius's feelings are hurt. I mean, hurt, boy, they are hurt. He had just called Loki an asshole and a bad friend, all that. Mobius feels absolutely betrayed that Loki would, one, walk through the time door in episode two and leave and then cause all of this shit too. Oh, Lord, y'all some sensitive motherfuckers. Loki winds up back in a courtyard in Asgard, and Sif makes an appearance. Y'all probably know her from the other Thor movies. She was in the first two Thor movies. I don't think she was in Ragnarok at all. I want to say that uh, the actual actress, if y'all watched that show, oh, God, what's it called? That show, Blind Spot. it was an NBC show. She was the lead in it. I think they were still filming that around the time that Ragnarok was happening. So I don't think she could do the third movie, but it's probably a good thing she couldn't because the rest of, you know, the rest of her partners got killed in that movie. So girl, you might've, you might've escaped, escaped death and saved yourself a paycheck in the MCU. I don't know. She comes in with a fucked up haircut because Loki had cut half of her damn hair off and she tells him that, you know, you're destined to be alone and you always will be. And then she knees him in the crotch and punches him in the face. And then it happens again and again and again. (laughs) Doesn't this feel like Dr. Strange? Dr. Strange, anybody? Dr. Strange, you know, shout out to my boy Dormammu, you know. If you watch the movie, then you know who the hell Dermammu is. Loki even tries to plead with one of the Siths, but she still knees him in the baby maker and punches him in that kissable face. Mobius goes to ask Renslayer for permission to interview Sylvie, but she denies it. She tells him to, you know, just work on the other Loki, even with all of his pleading, because she says that, quote unquote, she's too dangerous. Mobius leaves after making no headway with Renslayer, and he comes across B-15 and the other hunters and Minutemen guarding the door to the room that leads to Sylvie. Before Mobius walks away after, you know, a little bit of banter, you know, there's a lot of banter on the show. B-15 asks if Loki said anything while he was in there. And Mobius says, yeah, he said that the TVA has been lying to me. B-15 looks like really confused, but this has obviously like sparked something in her, which we see later on in the episode, of course. Side note, I love that line that Mobius delivers during this scene. He says, you know, we've brought in Kree, Titans, vampires. Why is it that two orphan demigods are such a pain in the ass? Woo-wee! Okay, let's unpack. The Kree. You know this race from Captain Marvel. Think about like June, Jude Law's character, uh, Jan Rog, and Gemma Chan's character, Mervana, no, Minerva, child. <laughs> Y'all know who the hell I'm talking about. Not to be confused with Gemma Chan's character, Cersei, in the upcoming Eternals movie. Whew, child, these names. He mentioned the Titans, who you know because Thanos is a Titan. I'm sure you know we'll learn a lot more about them in the Eternals movie since they've been like, you know, kind of 
really kind of retconned in the comics. Like they've been changed their origin and stuff a lot. And so like now they kind of like directly tied to the Eternals. Like, you know, I'm, I don't know if we might see like maybe the Eternals are Titans. I don't know. It, it seems like it's something that we'll have to kind of address in that movie. He also though, most notably, he mentioned the existence of vampires. Now, this is something that we have not heard in the MCU before, to my knowledge, at least. If it was, it was probably a throwaway joke that we didn't pay attention to. But I don't think that they've mentioned vampires specifically at all in the MCU. Now, the first thought that should come to your mind is former Wesley Snipes character, upcoming Mahershala Ali character, Blade. That, you know, when we think vampires in Marvel, we think Blade and him slaying the fuck out of him. But... Even sooner than that, we have Oscar Isaac's Moon Knight, a.k.a. Mark Spector. There's been a lot of kind of speculation that the villain in that movie is going to be Dracula. So, bada boom, bada bam, ba bam. I don't know if we're actually going to get that, but we associate, we associate Moon Knight with vampires too. So, maybe we're setting up a whole lot to do with vampires in the future at the MCU. I don't know. Maybe we'll get some crossovers. I don't know, but whatever the hell they're trying to give us, that that stuck out to me like a sore thumb probably stuck out to a lot of you too and i am super fucking excited bring on blade bring on moon knight bring on mahershala ali bring on oscar isaac i am ready for it all back to loki in the time loop getting those balls crunched and bunched up by Sif. (laughs) (laughs) he stops you know one of the times that Sips comes over and he stops her and admits that, you know, I'm attention starved and I've been afraid to be alone. And, you know, he just pours his little bitty heart out. She helps him up because remember he was balled up on the ground, rubbing that crotch, wondering if he'll ever be able to have kids, you know, maybe if, if he can ever reduce after that shit, doubt it. But she still says the, you'll always be alone line. Now Mobius comes in and ask if he's ready to talk, and he brings him out and back into the interrogation room. He starts asking questions, and they end up bringing up Sylvie and whether they've been working together or if one of them works for the other one or, you know, whatever the case may be. And a Loki is clearly feeling Sylvie. Kind of feels weird, but okay. I don't know because we haven't really gotten an explanation. I don't. It, it almost feel like they brother and sister. It feel kind of incestuous. I don't know. It, it's it's a little icky, wicky, wicky to me. But you know, if if they like it, I love it. You know, who who am I to stop love? <laughs> Seems you know counterintuitive to have a character identify as you know bisexual during Pride Month, and then you know what? Never mind. <laughs> Marvel might hear this. I want them to hire me one day. We'll we'll work through it, Marvel, okay? Loki feeds Mobius a crock of bullshit about Sylvie coming to him a long time ago and, uh, you know, taking him to an apocalypse and them hatching this plan together. At some point, Mobius makes him believe that Sylvie was actually pruned by Hunter B-15. Loki started looking like a lost puppy dog. <laughs> and Mobius figures out that Loki literally fell in love with himself and calls it twisted and disgusting and everything else. <laughs> you know what? 
before I go on, let me actually throw it over to my girl Nella from the Fix My Life podcast, which I love. She does a live tarot reading every single Wednesday on Instagram. So if y'all ever have time, check her out. I'm going to throw it over to her because in Clubhouse last week, y'all know I do a weekly Clubhouse Fridays. Well, I do three of them, but on Friday, Melanated Bravo, the name of my club, me, Kaya and Aaron from the Bravo Wild Black Podcast, we do a special low-key room. And last week she came and she told us all her thoughts about one, the importance of episode three, and then she kind of related it to the love interest or the love that kind of exists between the two of them. So let me throw it over to her to kind of give her amazing initial thoughts on the episode and to kind of explain that a bit. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Just finished watching Loki. This is Nella from over at Fix My Life podcast known as Lola over at Clubhouse. And I just needed to give you my thoughts. Yes, that was the best Wizard of Oz reveal of all time. Loved it. And what did I say? about Loki only being able to fall in love with himself. Oh, it was, this episode was just so good, so good. And then, um, it was just good. I just needed to give you a reaction. I haven't really sat down and thought about any of it, but emotionally, mwah, satisfying. Loki's like, uh-uh, y'all can get off my love life. <laughs> he tries to bring it all back to the TVA line to everyone, but Mobius still doesn't believe it. Loki finally shouts, you're all variants. The timekeepers didn't raise you. They kidnapped you. Mobius, still not convinced. Loki is about to be thrown back into the, the ball-crushing Sif's feet, but... He gets Mobius together first. He said, you the biggest liar in this place. Not because of the lies you tell to others, but because of the lies you tell to yourself. Ooh, he gathered Mobius up real quick, okay? I just want y'all to know, before I continue, I have the episode playing in the background right now. It's on mute, you know, for a little inspiration while I record. And, uh, it's at the post credit scene right now. I'm just, I'm getting every little ounce of my life right now. I just needed y'all to know that. In the hallway, we see B-15 very emotional, and she's looking up at the poster that reads, Did you get them all? Verify through deletion. She's realizing that her whole existence might be a lie, so she goes in, past the bodyguards, to see Sylvie. When she gets inside, she opens a time door and takes her back to Alabama in front of the rocks cart during that apocalypse. Sylvie thinks, you know, okay, maybe this bitch want a fair fight <laughs> or whatever. But B-15 wants them, to, you know, she just wants to know what, if anything, if, if she's telling the truth, basically. You know, she wants her to enchant her and show her the memories and, you know, basically put up or shut up. Sylvie said, your life before all of this is what I show you when you're enchanted. But B-15 is like, no, the timekeepers created me. I am a child of gods, not one God, two God, gods, not two gods, three gods, gods. Sylvie explains everything. Then B-15 says, show me. She does, you know, she does her little, uh, I'm going to touch you and you go turn green for a little bit thing. And then B-15 immediately recognizes how happy she was and whatever past life she had. And she gets emotional. 
Then she simply asks, what now? Mobius is daydreaming in a meeting with Renslayer, who is now officially closing his case. After they've signed the paperwork, she asks him, if you could go anywhere, where would you go? He kind of pivots, pivot, <laughs> and asks, you know, why wouldn't she let him interview Sylvie? She says, you let uh, Loki escape the first time, didn't you? And I, ooh, <laughs> she asks again, and he says, I like being right here with you, doing the work. She tells him about the timekeepers being happy, you know, them wanting him there when uh, the variants are pruned, you know, something like that. But once again, he pivots. Now he's asking about these things. You know, how did things get so bad with Hunter C-20, the kidnapped hunter? Boy, you better tread lightly. Renslayer ended up giving him a whole warning about not wanting him to lose, uh, not wanting him to like basically lose him like C-20, all that kind of shit. She then gives him a whole speech about being a team and, you know, the level of their friendship and just kind of hyping him up a little bit. He points out that she hasn't done anything with the trophy. Because remember, whenever the analysts go out on these missions, they usually bring her back, quote unquote, a trophy. And she puts them on her shelf. Like they're all displayed out for everyone to see. Remember in, I think, episode one, Mobius was like, well, why don't I get to, you know, I'd like to keep my own trophies and stuff like that. It was a whole little conversation. So just something to remember. I'm guessing this is why. Um, then we find out, you know, she takes it, she goes over there, looks for the perfect spot, finds it. But during that time, Mobius switches out their temp pads. Mobius wants some more information. He got that damn te- uh, temp pad and he struck the hell out. Gotta go, gotta go. He got up. She was like, you only had one drink. He's like, no, nah, I think I had two. Like, no, you would remember if you had two. You had one damn drink. She's like, well, okay, then I guess, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll see you next time. Hey, have you guys checked out The Dip? It's the site that allows you to read articles about some of your favorite shows written by experts and fans focused on depth not on clicks. Their personalized subscription site allows you to follow high quality coverage surrounding the shows that you love and the shows you love only. I just got done reading an article about WandaVision, you know, one of my favorite MCU projects, and it said the only logical follow-up is Howard the Duck. It's insane. I mean, I love it. Check out the link in my podcast episode description. Click around on some of those articles and sign up for the dip today. Mobius sneaks to the TVA library and he opens Renslayer's temp pad and he opens C20, Hunter Sweet 20's file and it indeed says that she's deceased. But then he sees a video logged under her file and it's from when she was brought, you know, back to the TVA after being kidnapped. She's kind of like recounting her memories, you know, all the memories that she had. Then Renslayer comes into the frame and she says, I'm ending this. Oh, Lord, C-20 was about to be a whistleblower and I guess she had to be stopped. He immediately goes to where Loki is being held and is at his wit's end and asks if he's sure that Sylvie didn't implant those memories. And he's like, no, those are real. I believe her. Loki tells him to trust him as a friend. Aw. And Mobius says, okay, let's go save her, basically. As they exit the time loop, 
Renslayer is right there and says, I think you have something of mine. Baby, she was looking for that template with a, a flashlight. The Minutemen take her or take it back from him. And then he finally answers her question that she asked him earlier. You remember she asked him uh, if you can go anywhere in time or in the universe, whatever, where would you go? He says he wants to go to wherever he's really from. That man just wanted jet ski. That's all the hell he want to do. And y'all fucked up his life and now he can't jet ski. Hopefully he jet skiing in uh, wherever the hell Loki at right now. <laughs> he's revealing a little too much in front of, you know, a few too many people. So she says, prune them. And they do immediately. I literally kind of let out a gasp when this happened because I wasn't expecting it. Apparently, there's about to be a lot of, you know, a lot of slow singing and, and flower bringing for Mobius and Mobius. Mo- Mobius is officially pushing up daisies. How do I say goodbye? Okay, let me stop. <laughs> let me stop before boys to me and sue my ass. I think they could, they could probably use the money right now. They grab Loki and she tells them to wait for her at the elevator. Uh-oh. Finally, we're about to see the three timekeepers, or as I like to call them, TK3, just like DC3. You know Destiny's Child, I'm a survivor, I'm not gonna get, y'all know what I'm talking about, shit. Renslayer goes to get Sylvie and realizes, you know, someone has been in there, and of course, it was B-15, we know this. Now, they've put out a bolo, not to be confused with the big dick stripper from the Real Housewives of Atlanta, the infamous, ridiculous... They put out a bolo on B-15. They take Sylvie to the elevators where Loki is already waiting. They follow Renslayer in and boy, oh boy. Awkward. Sylvie asks if Renslayer remembers her and she says, I do. What do you want to say to me? Variant. Sylvie wants to know why, you know, what her Nexus event was because it was enough to snatch her away from her family. And baby, Renslayer smirks and says, I don't remember. <laughs> Basically, your life wasn't important. As Evelyn Lozado says, you're a non-motherfucking factor, bitch, okay? The elevator opens and boom, the timekeepers. They're doing a whole like Wizard of Oz spiel, taking turns talking and delivering their little robotic ass speeches. Low-key, got a smart ass mouth and Sylvie is trying to keep that on site energy that we love to see on reality TV. Renslayer keeps using her little time manipulator thingy to stop Sylvie, but then suddenly it stops working. This is when boom B 15 arrives on the scene with the gangster lane. Woo woo. She uses her little gizmo to drop the collars around Loki and Sylvie's neck. She throws Sylvia's sword. Girl, where you get that from? <laughs> and then all hell breaks loose. Loose as a goose, don't get me started. Loki and Sylvie are handing out ass whoopings left and right, finally. Then Loki starts fighting the Minutemen while Renslayer and Sylvie go head to head. They lay everybody out for the time being. But when the timekeepers try to reason with them, Sylvie throws that sword and beheads the middle, which might be important, middle timekeeper. They're robotic. Androids. Androids, aliens, and wizards. Shout out to everybody that watched 
Falcon and the Wonder Soldier, you get that reference. Child, the timekeepers are looking like Vision when director Hayward got a hold of his ass, chopped up and served on the side like Pico de Gallo. Loki and Sylvie are confused as fuck. They're trying to figure out who created the TVA and all this kind of stuff. Basically going back and forth brainstorming. They don't know what the hell is going on. During these moments of thinking, Loki realizes that he needs to tell Sylvie his true feelings like an episode of Days of Our Lives, basically. Except one without Lisa Renner, because that means it's a good-ass episode. He starts confessing slowly. And, you know, he's tripping on his words, doing all the, you know, cutesy-wootsy uh, Alicia Keys, teenage love affair, you know, all that kind of cute woozy stuff, and then boom! Pruned. Dead as a doorknob, Loki is pushing up daisies in a coffin right next to Mobius M. Mobius. And Renslayer is the cause. Sylvie takes the pruner and has the opportunity to kill Renslayer, and that's exactly what Renslayer wants. She's like, look, I welcome death. I'm ready to go. You can see a twinge of just, like, sadness in her eyes and in her throat, just everything. But Sylvie says, no, you're going to tell me everything I want to know. Oh, but guess what? That's not the end of the episode. We got a post credit scene, baby. You hear me? I said, we got a post credit scene, baby. Loki awakens and asks, is this hell? You know, H-E-L, not H-E-L-L. It's like the, you know, the, the Asgardian, uh, what is it, Norwegian? You know, the, the Norse myth, they, they're hell, basically. You know what the hell I'm talking about. Am I dead? He hears someone say, not yet, but you will be if you don't come with us. He looks up and there stands four variant Lokis. When I tell you, I almost shrieked. Let me just, you know what, before I get into this, let me play a clip from Katie from Kentucky, and then I'll talk about each one of the four Lokis, not really in depth, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tell you how I kind of identified them. Hey, Kendrick, it's Katie from Kentucky. I am just finishing up and wrapping my head around the first watch of this week's episode. I am going to have to watch this probably three more times to fully grasp the excellence that I finally saw. I've liked this from the beginning. I'm not going to lie. Loki has sucked me in, but this week's episode gave the promise that everybody had been hyping before it all appeared. One, I love that we are getting that Wizard of Oz feel for the TVA timekeepers with those weird fish robots. That was fantastic. I did think that was going to happen, and it's kind of nice being right. I'm not going to lie. Number two, that end of credits sneak peek for next week. I'm just, I'm so pumped. This is a fantastic episode. I do have some questions, though, about that end of credits scene that we just saw. One... I'm thinking that we definitely saw two Loki variants and a Thor variant because if I'm not mistaken that handsome black man was definitely holding Thor's hammer and didn't have the horn crown. Um, If that's the case I'm really excited to see where this is gonna go and I would not be mad about a Chris Hemsworth um, pop in. It won't happen but I won't be mad about it. Who would be? 
other than that, I am just, I'm just blown away by it. I have a million questions that I don't even know how to start asking. It was just, wow, 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 wow. So let's talk about it. I immediately, of course, recognized Kid Loki. And, you know, if y'all, I told y'all about Kid Loki, probably episode one, I think, during the the theory section, you know, when I was kind of theorizing who this variant could be and all that kind of stuff. So now you're actually seeing the character that I thought Sylvie was going to be. Kid Loki makes a lot of sense, him being on the show. So, I mean, I'm I'm not surprised to see it. Love to see it. A very good, accurate, you know, looking Loki from comics. I'm happy with it. Then I had to kind of pause because I didn't initially just like recognize the other two off the back, off the top of my head. When I paused to see the other ones, I looked at the one on the right first. And just like now that I'm able to like see it without worrying about it, you know, changing or going to the credits. I looked based off of his like uniform and his age and the one on the right, the older white man with the, you know, the green and yellow costume obviously is classic Loki. You'll know him from the comic books as well. Child, they didn't brought Richard E. Grant back from the dead to play this part. <laughs> Let me stop. I Richard, like, now how did I get in it? I, you see how <laughs> you see how he's thrown and stuff? I ain't even did none. The other one, I had to look at the credits to see which one this is actually supposed to be. And he's credited as Boastful Loki. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that character is. I'm assuming he's a new one, just like for the purpose of this show or for the MCU. I don't know. Um, it's important kind of to note, though, that he is, you know, Katie just said it. He's holding what appears, you know, at first glance to be Molnir, But if you look at it, it's golden. It's got some like something on top of it. It like looks like a wrench at the bottom. It may be some kind of, you know, so obviously I guess maybe this guy is worthy. So like my initial thought was like, well, maybe this is worthy. Loki just, you know, looks different than the one we're used to seeing in comics. But his name in actual credits was Boastful Loki. So I don't know. You know, maybe we'll get to know more about him. I'm excited to know, though. Listen, he's black. Okay. He black. Okay. So maybe Marvel is trying to give us, you know, a couple more. POC heroes, I'm just saying. Our leading man, you know, that has had his homegoing celebration, R.I.P. Chadwick, he's, you know, we all feel a ways, you know. There's a void definitely to fill. We have Anthony Mackie, so literally there's one. <laughs> and then, you know, Blade is coming one day, child. You, I, you know, I'm taking whatever I can get, okay? Boastful Loki, damn it, you my new favorite, okay? <laughs> There's also, I don't even know if you recognize off the top if you just watched this episode once, but it goes Boastful Loki on the left, Kid Loki in the middle, and then Classic Loki on the right. But Kid Loki is actually holding either a crocodile or an alligator. I, I never learned a difference in school. I, I, I could never tell them apart. I don't know. But it's like a baby, one of those two, a baby reptile. So maybe we'll call him reptile Loki. I don't know. Child, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's an alligator or a crocodile, so I don't want to misgender him or, <laughs> or misspecies him or whatever, child. Don't cancel me. I don't know what the hell he is. I, I don't recognize that from comics either. But when I first like pause and kind of look at this, like, 
this little image right here. It makes me think of like that uh, one like kind of iconic Loki picture where he's posing with all of his variants. So maybe they just wanted to, you know, give us a bit of a variation, like not necessarily just make that same picture, but give us just, you know, a little bit of variance that we're used to. You know, the MCU, they kind of divert from comics sometimes. So, and I love, I actually, I'm not a, you know, I'm not, I'm never mad at that. I like the new telling of stuff. So I'm cool with it. I'm wondering though, it's just these four, child including the crocodile, it's just these four right now, so I'm wondering if we're actually going to meet more on the next episode. That's, I was going to say that in the theory section, but let's just say that now. Maybe we'll see some more. Maybe there'll be so many that, you know, we got to figure out where each one of these came from. Maybe we'll get some backstories. I don't really know. I'm excited to know, though. I do want to point out, though, if you look in the background of this scene, you'll actually notice on the right-hand side, there's a destroyed Avengers tower now that alone makes me want to go down a rabbit hole i don't know i i almost don't want to theorize i don't know where you know if it the way this seems is like everything that was uh pruned came to this reality or whatever the hell this is almost like a dumping ground i don't know but i'm wondering if this is the same concept for buildings too i don't know or maybe this is just somewhere that got you know maybe this is an apocalypse site and this is where they decide to place all of the variants that have died or maybe some specific variants. I don't know. It's hard to say. I probably can't tell you at the top of my head. I'm looking anxious to episode five. I want to know too. I'm just going to continue to theorize before then. I do though. Katie from Kentucky actually had another question and that's going to lead me into, uh, I'm going to talk about that and then kind of theorize a bit using her question. So let me throw it back over to Katie. It's Katie from Kentucky again. Just one final question. What was Sylvie's Nexus event? I need to know it. It's killing me. Also, I guess two questions. Was Loki's Nexus event when he stole the cube during the first Avengers movie? Or was it just being Loki in general? So let's discuss. So, Loki, you're right. His Nexus event was in Avengers Endgame when they went back into the past to the events of uh, the first Avengers movie. Loki is down there waiting to, you know, get taken off to his Asgardian prison. But then, you know, shit goes off the rails. Everything happens that wasn't supposed to happen. And he winds up with the Tesseract. That was the beginning of the, you know, the first episode of this series. That was his Nexus event. Uh, Sylvie's Nexus event, however, we don't know what it was. Renslayer couldn't tell us. Uh, Sylvie, as a child and as an adult, never found out. So that is my theory about what was going to happen. What's going to happen in the next two episodes? Either in episode five or episode six, we're going to find out why, you know, Renslayer came for her when she didn't send for her. (laughs) Don't come for me unless I send for you, okay? We don't know what caused that we don't know what why any of that even happened why she was snatched from her family which led to her for we're assuming decades or centuries uh going from apocalypse to apocalypse hiding from the tva so i'm guessing that's gonna play a big role into this i'm i'm almost hesitant to do any more theorizing because i feel like that's gonna be the crux 
of what happens that and maybe whatever the hell happens in black widow so we'll see y'all this was a fantastic episode of loki i couldn't be happier i am thrilled you know last week was a lull for me i was very not pleased but i'm very happy this week very happy so you know what join us on clubhouse on friday it's going to be a little later than usual but join us on clubhouse the club is called melanated bravo me and kn and, uh, aaron from bravo while black we all get together and people come in we discuss the episode we theorize we summarize we do all the risings so come on join us over there and y'all that's all i got for you slide into the dms let me know your thoughts on the episode follow me on instagram at housewives marvel podcast and I'll see you. As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com also don't forget to follow me on instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast that's at housewivesmarvelpodcast this is kendrick and i'll see ya Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi. I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.